Welcome to the Yacht Talk Podcast, where we discuss everything yachts, giving you practical advice and insider tips to help you enjoy your yacht to the fullest. And now with you, your host, Miriam Law. On today's episode, we have some very special guests, Hal and Charlene Smith, who have been yacht owners for decades and will share with us how their family life has always evolved around boating and fishing and the incredible times they've spent in the ocean. Hi everyone, welcome to the Yacht Talk podcast. Today we are at Williams Island Marina in Aventura, Florida with Hal and Charlene Smith, which are devoted fishermen and boat owners for many years. And they will talk to us about all their fishing stories from Long Island to Florida. So how are you guys doing? We're Very doing well. great. Awesome. We're doing great. It's nice for us to uh, see you again, Mario. Thank you, and thank you for participating in my podcast. This means so much to me, and I know people are going to be excited to learn all you have to share about fishing. Hal here is known as a fishing magician, and it's not for no reason. He's earned that title through many, many years of experience in fishing, and he's going to tell us all about it. So my first question is to Hal. When was the first time that you remember going on a boat? I was probably five or six years old, and uh, we used to go to uh, Long Island uh, Sea Talkit and fish in the Long Island Sound, and we'd go flounder fishing. We had a little outboard and a little rowboat, and that's kind of where it started. Been boating and fishing ever since. I've personally, Charlene and I, have owned five boats ourselves. My parents always had boats. My brothers, uh, cousins. We've just been a boating community, living on Long Island all our lives and growing up. Boating was a natural thing, mm. and we, besides boating, we kind of gravitated towards the fishing aspect. I enjoyed it so much as a young, young fellow that I just continued and uh, still enjoy it to this day right here in Florida. Right. Wow, that's great. So my next question, Hal, how many and what kinds of boats have you owned? You just said you have had five boats, I right? Sta I started my own, my own boat. My first boat that I owned was a 17-foot Eltro with a 65 horsepower Mercury. That's a plywood boat that was built on Long Island in, in West Iceland. Then we went to an Aquasport, center console, and we had a 28-foot sport fisherman, then a 34 I had built in East Quag by the Skopnitch family. And uh, most recently, uh, the one I had last when I left Long Island was a 45-foot uh, Lures uh, fisher magician also. And we kept that at uh, and now it's known as Oakland's, originally was Nick's and then Pell's on the Shinnecock Inlet in uh, Hampton Bays. And down in Florida, I said to Charlene, we get a downsize a little bit, we don't have the kids with us, it's you and I retired. So I stepped down to a smaller boat in the mid-30s and we bought an amberjack. And to this day, we still use that boat. Uh, we fish uh, often, we go to Bimini a lot. Charlene likes Bimini, uh, I fished there uh, first Yahoo, uh, Yahoo tournament last year, and we did well. And it's, uh, it's what we do. In fact, we had two cars at one time. We sold one of the cars. Because if we go out to dinner or lunch, we take the boat. Mm. You know, down here in Florida, everywhere you go, there are restaurants on the water. Yes. And docking is available. So uh, that's kind of our main vehicle. Wow. Uh, and another question I have for you. Have you always captained your own boats? Yes. 
Yes, I, I had a, uh, what's called a, 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 a six-pack license uh, when I was younger. I get, didn't maintain it when we got down here in Florida, but I had uh, a captain's license in New York, although I did not charter, but I had the license for the mm -hmm. knowledge, and I've passed that along to my son. I pretty much run the boat myself, except when my son comes down. He's in New York because he bought our business, and he is the captain when he mm -hmm. comes down. Then I can relax. Nice. That sounds great. Now, my next question is to Charlene. Charlene, were you always in favor of Hal buying boats? Did you always like him going fishing and spending so much time in the water? I loved it. Matter of fact, I went with them when he picked the boats out. Ah. And that's how we got the beautiful boat that we got. But I remember in the mornings always getting up at four o'clock to see him off and wish him luck. Mm. Go get the big one, honey. Go Aww. get the big one. And I'd be, every morning that he'd go fishing, I'd be up to make sure I saw him off. Mm. And I was thrilled that we owned boats. We had a lot, a lot of beautiful times on the boat. Parties. Uh-huh. I'm known for my famous margaritas. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we'd go and we'd have parties on the boat. And we'd have the family come and the kids would dive off the dock and... We'd go for rides, and it was just so enjoyable. Oh. I can't imagine being without a boat. Yes, no, I, I understand. That's beautiful. And on the same line, I was going to ask you, what role has boating played in your family life? How do you think your family life would have been different if it weren't for the whole boating and ocean experience? Couldn't imagine it. I think it would have been boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring, to say the least. Because the kids enjoyed it as much as us, so mm. that worked out. And thank goodness, none of them got seasick. Oh, that's important. The only one that got seasick was our dog, Missy. <laughs> yeah. So we were very fortunate that way that the kids loved the boating, too. And when your kids were growing up, did you go boating every weekend, or how yes. often? Every weekend we'd be out at the Hamptons, uh -huh. and the kids would come with us occasionally, most of the time. We'd go to Montauk a lot in Block Island. Block Island. Oh, we've done. We've been so many places with the boat. It's like, mm. I, like I said, I'm repeating myself. Couldn't imagine being without a boat. Mm. Yeah, it's brought us all closer, and the kids are really into the fishing. Yeah. They love it. They love the boat as much as we do. So that's a big plus. It's important to have an activity that the kids enjoy they so they it. can do something together with the family, right? Now, to keep the family together. Absolutely. Now my granddaughter is the captain of driving the boat and doing the fishing things. She got wow. fishing rods and she's loving it. So that's another generation oh. that's going to be doing the same thing. Amazing. And she loves it. I mean, she go on the dock and off the boat and she's eight catch years fish. Old. She's eight, eight years, years old. old and she she's knows been it. catching fish she since she's six years old. Wow. She knows which, which buoys, red and green, you know, red on right returning. I've taught her quite a lot. At eight years old, she's uh, quite the little captain. Wow. Yeah, she's yeah. She's very astute. We have three other grandchildren in New York. I have to mention them. But unfortunately, they're in New York, so... But do they come on vacations? Uh, they, they come as often as they can, but it's been quite a while since they've been mm. with us, so you got to get them down here, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because I know they're going to love the boat just as much. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun for the kids. Okay, and now a question to both of you. So we will start with Hal and then Charlene. You will both give me your answers. 
Where have you been on your boats? Well, you've both been to the same places, I guess, right? Yes. <laughs> we do Better have been. <laughs> we, do, we, do, we do everything together. We're married 47 years. I met her as a teenager, and I was smitten, and she's still with me, so I've done something right. Mm. But uh, when we were on Long Island, uh, uh, we were in Shinnecock and Hampton Bays, and we go to Montauk often. Gurney's is very, comes to mind. We used to like to go with friends, four or five Block boats, Island. go to Block Island at Chapman's and raft up for a weekend and bring the kids with us and in Bach Island you bring, you go horseback riding on the beach there were so many other activities besides fishing and of course we fished a lot of the tournaments uh, along the way over the years but uh, yeah we've uh, now down here in Florida um, our big thing now is we go to Bimini a lot because I like the fishing over there is far superior than here uh, I fished their first Wahoo tournament last year and we did well. Uh, they also built a new uh, hotel and marina in Bimini, um, Hilton, mm. and it is gorgeous. And uh, we go there quite often uh, for a long weekend or for several days. And it's nice. It's only a two-hour boat ride at mm -hmm. a out of uh, Hillsborough Inlet. Mm -hmm. And um, you know where else uh, we go to to, to uh, um, Ocean Reef? Uh, go up to Lauderdale a lot. Uh, up to Boca, uh, you know, on the Florida coast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the most fun we have is when we go to our little island, it's a sandbar. Oh, and all over, right? Yes. All over, yes. You know it. Yes, of course. Oh, we've had many, many, many good times there. We bought the big And raft. many, many margaritas, huh? <laughs> we, we bought a, uh, the margaritas are for her. I don't drink when I run in the boat. That's very important. Yeah. And, you know, I instill that in my children. And, 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 to this day, they'll tell you, you know, Dad, I'll, I'll have a drink with anybody, but if I'm driving a boat or running the boat or we're fishing, no drinking, you know. But anyhow, that being the case, we bought a large raft, a six-person raft, and you tie it up. You can get in the water that's, you know, chest deep, and you float around, you have some uh, food, and you enjoy the company, and put some music on, and it's just an enjoyable, quiet afternoon. We've, done, we've also done the uh, Air and Sea show Many, yeah. on the boat. It's so exciting. Oh, wow. We've seen it many times, but seeing it from the boat is totally wow. another experience. I mean, Absolutely. up close. Yeah. What about the fireworks on the 4th of July? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing to see on the water, too. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's party time. I mean, it's and, absolutely and Another nice thing, you talk, besides fishing on the boat, I have a two very, I have several friends, but two very good friends that are divers. Um, uh, Captain Guy and my friend Jim Norton, and we go out often uh, off uh, Hall Over Inlet here, and we've got several spots we've found over the years, and we're in somewhere 20 to 40 feet of water, Don't and we dive Holly. during lobster season, <laughs> and we dive for lobsters, wow. and we do what we do, been doing quite well doing that. It's kind of a break from fishing, and it is kind of fishing, you're on the water, uh, I stay on the boat and kind of move around slowly and keep an eye on them, see where mm -hmm. their flags are, keep them close, make sure no other boats uh, disturb yeah. them while they're diving. And that's kind of a fun thing. And, it, and it's a nice thing because if you go early in the morning, you're home by lunch. Yeah. You know, it's not an all-day thing. You, you, you bring two tanks of, of air, which is about 50 minutes a tank. Mm -hmm. So two hours or less of actual diving to get the lobsters. And in fact, that season just closed uh, March 31st. And it'll, there'll be a, there'll be a, a third week in July. There'll be a little mini season for two days, and then it'll open up in uh, in August, from August to March, and wow. it's a break from fishing. We'll do a little bit of both. Nice. What about my snorkeling? When I go snorkeling out at yeah. 
In Bimidi they have a ship. What's the name of it? Uh, the ship in Bimini is Sapona. The Sapona. Oh. And, oh, it's just beautiful. That's my thing. I love to snorkel. Wow. Yeah, it's, the it's amazing a, things that you see in that water. It was, it was, really built, it was built by, by uh, I, think, I think, World War II. And it was used for as a rum runner during the Prohibition. Well, that would be before World War II. That was in the 30s. So it was built probably World War I then. Uh, because it was used and it got hung up on a, in a hurricane and wound up on the sand right off Bimini. It's three miles from the island. Mm -hmm. And in, I guess they've tried to move it several times. It's a concrete ship during the war. The war effort, steel was so important to the war effort that they actually made ships out of concrete. Wow. It's a concrete ship. And it's been sitting there ever since. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's in 15 feet of water. So it's be perfect for snorkeling, crystal clear, and it draws a lot of the natural fish into it, and the snorkeling is just spectacular. Wow. It sure is. All I'm trying to say is there are so many things that you can do. Having a boat. Having a yeah. boat. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, you can go on and on and on, but you wouldn't have enough time yeah. to hear all our stories. Charlene said to me recently, we're going to go to Bimini, and she said, you know, I said, it's going to be a little windy. I don't want to go across and get beat up. You know, it's got to be calm. She said, well, we could always get on a seaplane and fly. I said, not the same. If I can't take the boat, I don't want to go. Mm. The whole point is the enjoyment of the boat. Yeah. I enjoy the boat ride over to Bimini yeah. as much as being there. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Being on the ocean, right? Where oh, nothing is so close and you just so see peaceful water. peaceful and you haven't got a care in the world when you're out there. It's. And again, the fishing is much better over there. Okay, so next question. Hal, can you please share with us your favorite fishing story? Um, okay, yes I can. Um, my favorite story is, this is mid-80s. Um, we were down in Florida and Charlene was trying to get me really hooked into being in Florida a lot. And I had a friend that brought a fish in, in the summertime up in the Hamptons and with the time in Pompano at a Hillsborough Inlet, it was called Fish City Marina. And Charlene set it up, uh, his name was Brad Terry, she set up with Brad for me to take him fishing. It happened to be a day after my birthday. And it was a rainy day and it wasn't, but I, we went there anyhow, it was rough. And believe it or not, we caught a 267 pound blue marlin. Wow. And I've got pictures to prove it. And that was a, probably as big a fish as I've caught and most spectacular fish as a blue marlin. In those days, you don't. Today you release them. In those days, we kept the fish, uh, and it was you know, eaten. But uh, that was that was a special trip because number one, it was with a friend. Number two, Charlene set it up for me, and again, that's a fish of a lifetime. And I got them hooked on Florida. That's yes, <laughs> was my main intention, and she it did. worked. She did. It's like bigger than you, the fish, right? Well, so how many people can eat from can be fed from a fish like this? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of fish. Yes, and, and 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 actually, there were other fellows on the boat, so we split it up. Uh, but um, maybe maybe a fish that size, you'll wind up with uh, eighty pounds of, of uh, actual edible uh, product. Wow, eighty pounds! So you end up freezing most of it, I guess, right? Well, yes, and, and you give a lot away. Uh, fish. I don't like to freeze uh, freeze, freeze fish. It, uh, some do and some don't, but we like to catch a fish if we can. Yeah. Nice. That's an amazing story. 
it was kind of special, yeah. I mean, I've caught a lot of luck fish over the years, fished many, many tournaments. Uh, on Long Island, Mako tournaments are very, very popular. Uh, Bayshore Mako tournament used to be the first tournament of the year. We'd fish that, then Mauritius, and of course Montauk, uh, Montauk tournaments. Um, so we've caught a lot of what Mako sharks over the year, and they're of course edible. What uh, about Oakland's? Oakland's had the, the tournament Oakland's also. Oakland's Marina and Long Island. I know that the people from New York know Oakland's. It's mm. very, very well known. And that's where we kept our boat, and that's where we enjoyed our weekends. Mm. It was great. Yep. Nice. Good times. Good times. I would fish. I would fish with my son and my nephews and cousins on a Saturday, and Shelly would come out four or five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and meet us when we come back from fishing. And the boys would wash the boat. You know, it was a courtesy to me for taking the fishing. Mm. And then Shelly and I would spruce up and have dinner at the restaurant there. And then Sunday would be family day. If the children wanted to come back out and go for a boat ride or do something, so it's kind of a, on Long Island it was a Saturday was the guys they were fishing and Sunday was whatever Shelley wanted to do with the children. Mm. And we had the beach right across the street. Mm -hmm. Anyone that knows Oakland's knows this. And we, they have a beautiful outside bar where you can see a sunset that's just mm -hmm. out of this world. Right, honey? Yep, the but, sunset. Mm -hmm. But it's still not as nice as Florida. Yeah, we it's love cool. Florida. Yeah, the weather here is unbeatable, it, right? It's, it's spectacular. <laughs> yes. yes, I was, I was born to be in the warm weather. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you can boat all year long here. That's, and I that's got hooked by a simple fish. Yeah, <laughs> I got him hooked to Florida. It's true. He didn't even know where for, I knew where it was on the map, but he had never been. Mm. And what's it, what's so what's I nice to, to know? Yeah, I hook him. What's nice to know with all my years of fishing. And I think of the fishing we did on Long Island when we trolled the canyons for yellowfin tuna and big eye tuna, and then come down to Florida and, and fishing. No matter where you go, we go to Bimini. I've been to I've been to Hawaii fishing. She's had me at Walker's Cay where where I caught an 87 pound wahoo on the Duchess with Captain Bill Black. Uh, at Walker's Cay, well, that's gone now from a hurricane. The, the island itself is demolished. But that being the case, fishing is so similar no matter where you go. You know, once you learn what lures to use, the technique is pretty much the same worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, trolling is what we like to do, uh, or for sail fishing we like to kite fish, and you know, like I could go on forever about these different techniques. But different places I've fished over the years, even Cayman Islands, we, we fished, I went to Cayman Islands and fished, it's pretty much universal. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much universal, on, on, on if you can fish, let's say we started in New York, Long Island, and you learn the techniques to fish the canyons and, and troll for the tuna, that knowledge is, is, is universal. You go to Cayman Island, you go to Walker's Cave, Bimini we were talking about, Nassau we go to, I've ever been to Hawaii, as I said, fishing's pretty much the same. Mm. It's the about the canyon, where you go on the tournaments, that's the one thing I would not do with them because it's dark, it's in blackness. The overnight, the overnight tournaments, yeah. Overnight wow. tournaments and then We'd have a huge party after these tournaments, yep. and they'd hang the fish up, and you'd get the crowds that would come. It was just amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'd have a big uh, tournament party afterwards, mm -hmm. and they'd give out awards, and of course, these won several. Wow. Yeah, several I've a, awards. I've got a few trophies over the years. Oh, yeah. But Definitely fishing's, fishing's always been in our blood, that's for sure. 
And would you like to tell us the story of how you got the title of the fishing magician? I'm curious about that. that uh, that's from my, my brother-in-law, Dennis, who was my best fishing pal on Long Island growing up in the 70s. Uh, he and I fished exclusively, and his dad had just retired, uh, Buddy Lamb. Uh, my brother-in-law's name is Dennis Lamb. His dad had just retired. He had a couple of friends, and uh, they bought a runabout, and they were fishing in the Long Island Sound. They couldn't catch a fish. And, Dennis comes to me one day and says, Hal, let's, let's take my father and his buddies out fishing. He says, these guys can't catch a fish. There. And I said, okay, so we stopped and we got the proper bait, the proper hooks and the proper tackle, which they didn't have. And we went out and for whatever reason, the Lord was with me that day, or good luck, we caught one, we went flounder fishing, uh, blackback flounder, not, not the fluke that we have, but flounder fishing. If we caught one, we caught 50. We, we just, we couldn't do anything wrong. And at the end of the day, Dennis's retired dad, Buddy Lamb, turned around and said, Hal, fishing with you is like fishing with the magician, mm -hmm. the fish we caught. And that name just stuck with me forever. In fact, we wound up naming our boat Fishing Magician. And that's where the name came from. Oh, that's just very a cute. Lucky fishing day. Yeah. Nice, but it's not just luck, right? You knew what you were doing. Well, yeah, we, no. we don't. We just look at stop at the right place. Yeah. You got to be in the right area. Yeah, of course. That's why, we, that's why we like to troll so much uh, when we fish. Rather than if you fish live bait, you really can't troll uh, at, at, at speed like six or seven knots to cover a lot of ground because you kill the bait. Mm -hmm. So kite fishing, you drift, and, and that's a, a particular area. But when you're trolling, you're covering a lot of ground over a period of time where you have a better chance of coming into an area where they're offish. You look for signs, you look for birds that are diving, feeding on the weed lines. Um, uh, weed lines themselves, uh, bait fish will lay under the big mats of weeds and of course where the bait fish are, the, uh, the larger fish come after them. We were trawling last year and believe it or not, we come across the size of this table, a, a, a dining room table, a piece of dock had cleats and everything. It looked like it belonged to somebody's backyard. Floating in the ocean, piece of dock. We trolled around that thing five or six times, every time multiple knockdowns. Wow. It was loaded with dolphin underneath. You know, wow. Mikey, Mikey, dolphin the fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so any, ki any kind of debris you look for, or any kind of structure in the water, uh, birds working, uh, is why you want to uh, devote your energy or devote your area for fishing. Wow, great. Okay, next question. Hal, did you ever go on fishing tournaments? I know Charlene was talking about the fishing tournaments that were at night, right? Yes. We used to do uh, the overnight tournaments out of Montauk, and uh, they're pretty grueling, you know, you've been fishing all night long. But uh, down here, let's talk to Florida now, uh, I just mentioned last year uh, Bimini had their first uh, Wahoo tournament, which we, we entered, we fished that. And recently, I haven't done much uh, tournament fishing here in Florida, but going back years ago, and I say years ago, five, six years ago, uh, we used to fish the Miami tournament. We used to fish the uh, uh, Hillsborough Fish City Marina tournament. Uh, um, we went up to Boca a couple of times. So we did fish tournaments down here, uh, but to a lesser degree than, and we're, you know, we're getting older. You know, it's more strenuous, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have a tournament where you have to report in and out of the same marina. For instance, a lot of tournaments today, which is convenient, you, you with, with radio contact and cell phones or whatever, they'll let you fish, they'll tell you on the radio what's time to fish, but we can fish out of, let's say, um, Port Everglades, 
where we are is Hallover Inlet, mm-hmm. or let's say Government Cut, which is Miami. Mm-hmm. Even though the tournament, the tournament is, is centered in Miami Beach Marina, you still can leave at three different or four different inlets mm-hmm. and fish for the day. Now, if you catch a big fish and you want to weigh it, you've got to go into Miami and weigh it, which makes sense. But if you have a day where you don't have good luck and you don't catch something you feel is going to be a winning fish, you don't have to go to Miami. You can uh-huh. go back in your own port. So that's, that's a very nice feature on tournaments they hear in Florida that they did not do in New York. Mm. You know, so we like that feature. If there's a tournament, you can fish out of your own particular inlet. Mm-hmm. More convenient. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, I would go in the mornings before he took off, before they blew the whistle, and that we'd have coffee and breakfast on the dock, and the wives would come and say, you know, good luck. And we'd see them off, and it was just something we looked forward to. It yeah. was really nice from beginning to end, from the breakfast Re- really to nice the, win. the fishing to the party afterwards. <laughs> I mean, it was good times, good times, great tournaments. Yes. Great tournaments. Right, on. I, I agree, absolutely. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And did you take your kids fishing when they were little? Yes. They, they grew up on the water with us, yes. Um, maybe uh, Tara's a little older, Tara's three years older, uh, and then my son, who's the middle child, and Erica's our baby. Uh, but I would say six, seven years oldish. Mm-hmm. We, started, we, we, start, we started going out to, uh, you know, go out. To, we said we, we were in the Hamptons. At that time, before it was Oakland's, we stayed at Jackson's in different marinas. But, um, as long as we had the boat and, and the ability, the children came with us and they enjoyed it and, and we would stay on the boat and fish, you know, with the children. We stayed, we fished, stayed in what's called inshore. We would fish for the flounder and the, and the fish that are close to the beach. I wasn't at their age taking them to the canyons. But uh, yeah, they've fished with us since the beginning and they're good fishermen. My son is excellent mm. and my daughters and uh, yes, mm-hmm. great. we took them early on. Okay, and is there any advice that you would like to give to other fishing lovers that are listening to this podcast <clears throat> from your experience with uh, family with the different places that you have been fishing uh, i would say if you come to an area i'm thinking back when i came to florida i was a novice in florida as i mentioned earlier fishing is pretty much universal as mm-hmm. though to technique so you talk to people and you know, maybe a local bait store you know they look they're always looking to give you information they want to sell you the right lure the right bait so you know it's good for their, their for their business uh, and I did that and spoke to local captains uh, so what I'm trying to say is learn the area learn where to go approximately it's never a specific mm-hmm. spot learn the area learn the right tap tackle the right lures the right bait and be tenacious work at it Patient, mm-hmm. and sooner or later, hopefully sooner, the big one will come along. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Just learn. Basically, I'm saying, just learn the area. You mm-hmm. know, where you're going to fish, and get as much if, information is as important as anything. Mm. And the local bait store is a good place to ask. Uh, always is. He's looking. He's looking first off to sell bait. And he wants mm-hmm. to sell lures, and and he, you know, he's going to give you the up-to-date information because he's hearing from the captain's committee all the time. And if you're successful, he's successful. You're going to come back and buy more. So yeah, I, I find that no matter where I go, even if when we went to we go into Bimini, we did that uh, make, um, Wahoo tournament last year. Mm-hmm. First thing I did was when in in the marina at the Hilton. We stayed at the Omega Marina, 
as I went, I asked the dock master, I said, who's the, who's the fish, best fisherman? And he, and he gave me a name of the fellow, name was Chris. And I went up to him, and I talked to him. You know, I bought him a drink, and we talked a little bit, but I got a lot of information from him, so the next day I wasn't leaving the marina blind. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that would be my key advice, learn the area. Okay, and is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Any story that you want to share that we missed? I find that uh, over the years I keep a logbook on fishing trips and what we caught, bait we used, things like that. And it's very good to, as a reference point to look back on what you did say two years ago or a year ago um, on catching fish here. I'm just giving an example. Here's a trip we did on July 29th on a Saturday uh, where we went trolling and I had I have who's on board the boat, what the bait was written out, what lures we used, uh, the, the compass reading we, we ran, how far we ran, how many miles, and what we caught. Um, a bonita, two yellowfin tuna, one thirty pounds, one sixty pounds, and weather was at 85 degrees and sunny. The wind was from the, from the north in the morning and turned southwest in the afternoon. And by doing this, it's a great reference. You can see the book. It's a great reference to, uh, to look back on and, ref and recollect uh, gee, we're going to be in this area. What have I done in this area recently or uh, uh, caught here? And I find it very helpful. In fact, my son, when he comes down and we go fishing, he'll take the book out and oh. he'll look at what we did last year, let's say, in a, in a particular mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So it's just something that I started doing many, many years ago, and I've continued with it. And I do use it as a reference point. Mm. It's just something I personally like to do. Yeah, to compare, right? Your yes. And to know where the fish are, and then go, and go they, back the fish, and hopefully the fish they'll still be there. Still, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. still it's, uh, it's nice to have a logbook. I think it ended by showing that one picture of... The big one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That I think that would I'll be I'll show it on this one here? Yeah. This is a big eye. This, is a, this was a 216-pound uh, big eye tuna. That's a picture Charlene had made for me as a, a war plaque. That's a 216-pound big eye tuna we caught in the Hudson Canyon off Long Island many, many years ago when I was a young man. Mm -hmm. And it says, the difference between men and boys is the size and price of their toys. Correct. <laughs> if you want to be a fisherman, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is to own an airplane, but it can't be more expensive than owning a boat. I'm not sure, yeah, but owning a boat, I know it's, uh, it's an expensive hobby, but worth it, right? No, absolutely. It's, you know, I, I said to Charlene, I don't know, a few years back, I don't know what even got into me. I said, maybe we should think about, you know, selling. She looked at me and she said, you sell a boat, I might as well just bury you. What are you going to do? It's <laughs> true, I mean, the, yeah. we've always had the boat. That's beautiful. Thank yes, you guys for your story. Oh, no, this is a, a, this is a wonderful so nice. interview. It's such welcome. a pleasure meeting you, Mariam. You guys I, I have thank a you. wonderful family. Oh, and thank you. It's heartwarming to listen to how you guys support each other and do everything together and how you took your kids and you taught them how to fish. And, and you now have grandchildren. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We have a new friend now, Mariam. Yes, so do I. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see each other soon. Yes, we enjoyed it. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Please remember to rate us and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. That's all for today. Feel free to send us your questions or comments to the Yacht
yachtpodcast.com. And if you're considering the sale or purchase of a yacht and would like Miriam to be your broker, email miriam at lentonyachts.com. That's M-I-R-I-A-M at L-E-N-T-O-N-Y-A-C-H-T-S dot com. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time.